Welcome to the Clam Bake. Welcome to the Clam Bake. I'm Lindsay Stidham. Uh, and I'm Angela Gallner. And we're the opposite of a sausage fest. We're just a bunch of vaginas talking. Sometimes men are here, sometimes not. You know, whatevs. Whatevs. Whatevs clever. We're basically exploring what it means to be a feminist in 2017 loosely yeah. through a wide variety of themes uh, yeah. based on, you know, what the hell pops up. <laughs> what's, going, <laughs> what's going on in the world? What's on our minds? Today is really exciting because we're talking about... Women in hip-hop, women MCs, female rappers. What, what, what? Uh, I'm going to roll on our clink. Yeah, roll on the clink. Yay, we finally meet in person. So today we have um, Allison Bruno here, a.k.a. B-Squid, a.k.a. Amazing Rapper. Oh, thank you. Okay, so here's my first question. I was like, I'm so... I, I am so lame, and I know nothing about We're music. We're both really white. We're both really... If you didn't already so know. White. Yeah, <laughs> but you're, like, cool white. So, okay, do you call yourself a rapper, a hip-hop artist, an, an MC? What's the what difference? is the difference between them, MC and rapper? I call them. I call myself all of these things. Um, I think that the, you know, the difference is just... There is no difference. I mean, you rap. Rapping is rapping, you know. Uh-huh. And anybody can rap, you know. Uh-huh. You can put some rhymes together. But to be an MC is to be able to take the microphone... And have your night and run the party. You know what I mean? Like, uh, a okay. lot of times, like, people don't know how to party. Like, what to do at the party? And, like, uh, like the DJ is really in control. And so the DJ sometimes needs an MC or the MC, you know. And sometimes it livens things up for, you know, it's some, yeah. something else, another party favor to relate to. Like, I guess, you know, sometimes you would have, uh, I don't know, fire dancers. or You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Others, yeah. other shit on stage. But, like, an MC is an MC. It's like somebody who can, like, talk to you, make announcements, do things like that. So there's like a, a blend. I mean, I started writing raps because, uh, well, I've been writing poetry since I was like a little, little kid. Mm-hmm. And I would write songs and like put like little lines, like do, 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 you know, to like figure out, but never worked. I could never remember my songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like my parents always dreamed we would all be little singers. But um, I guess finally, you know, in life I would sing in the shower in the car and shit. But then finally, like one day, you know, I only listen to punk rock and and grunge music and radio, like whatever they played on the fucking radio. Um, and so then there was this this time period where I met someone who started to send me rap songs, like rap songs. I was like, I've never listened to rap ever in my life. Where are you from? Um, I was born in Ohio. Uh-huh. I was war- I was raised in Ohio, like Cleveland, Ohio, uh-huh. Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh-huh. and Miami, Florida. Okay, cool. I did like high school and college in Miami, so you could say I'm from any of those places. Mm-hmm. Even I was born in Cleveland. Cool. So, but not cool. a lot of exposure to rap music. Up yeah, did you point. grow up no. listening to rap at all? No. Yeah. Um, some people did, but I was always like, I was really like anti that. You know, I was very like all about my punk and my yeah, you know. yeah. So, how did it find you, or did you find it? Because I just feel like your story of what you've done in the last couple of years of your life is so interesting. You know, I was really, I feel so fortunate because I always wanted to, I don't know, be a musician in some capacity. I didn't know if it was ever going to happen because I couldn't play in an instrument of any kind. And then, and all I could do was write poetry. Like even singing was 
hard. It's hard. But you have a great singing because you sing a little bit on some of your tracks. A well, little bit. It's a thing that I've developed because it's, it's beautiful. It's cheaper <laughs> and more reliable to be a solo person than to have somebody singing all your hooks. Right. Um, and I, I guess I'm lucky. You know, uh, I haven't always been a singer, but I, I sing. And it's actually like I, like I was way sucky at singing a couple of years ago. Like when I started, um, my first song had this hook that went kind of too high. And I had to really push it, so I couldn't do it live. And uh-huh. I, had a friend, I would have like a friend come and do it, and she'd be like, "Go to sleep, so we." And I would be like, "Oh, I can't even oh, do if it." If only, if only I could sing my songs. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a cover of um, "Empire State of Mind," and it went so high. But it was like instead of being about New York, it was about LA. It's actually this really amazing cover song. I did a cover of a cover, and I loved that song. It was, in L.A., living in the city of angels, there's nothing you can't do. And I really felt this was like a very special thing that needed to be redone as a rap song again. Yeah. <laughs> so I did it, and it was, again, too high. Couldn't mm-hmm. perform it. But then um, I lived in New Orleans a couple times over the years, and um, I guess jazz music is something that I, when I freestyle, like, sing to it I just mm-hmm. belt it out and then eventually I developed some kind of like a a little bit of a voice yeah um, yeah but it's really challenging you know like a lot of my song like there are some of my songs on this album that I can't do live perfectly yet like the, it's actually really hard to try because when you're in front of an audience you're in front of an audience you don't yeah. want to like mess up oh, too God. much but they're so deep that it's like hard to get down there <laughs> and I'm like yeah. I can't project and be that low but uh-huh. But it's part of the learning, you know, yeah. process. Like, yeah. So that I was a rapper, not a singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when did you start start rapping? Um, it was in 2012. Um, this is lame, but you'll see it on YouTube. It, it was on Valentine's Day. I released a music video for uh, a guy who I, like, he had sent me all this hip-hop music. And, like, I didn't know how to write back. You know, I thought he was talking to me. With every song he sent, I thought he was, like, you know, sending me a specific message. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. curated that. And he was like, I want you to know I feel this way about you. So I was like, okay. Wow. So um, there was this one song. Old school mixtaping mix it up in oh, new school yeah. world. I know it. <laughs> it's so romantic. I, I Mixtapes, man, or if somebody sends me a song, it's, like, all over Oh, yeah, me. heart melting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I, but basically, like, I wanted to give him, like, the greatest gift of all time, even though he lived across the country. And, like, it was just, like, a long-distance friendship. But I, um, so I recorded this song. And I did it, like, with his best friend. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, like, if, if he says yes, I'll learn it. I'll learn it, and I'll know a rap song. And that's going to be a thing. And so I, <laughs> and I texted, and immediately I texted the guy. I was like, I probably had just smoked weed and, like, was all inspired. Uh-huh. So I texted, like, this dude. I was like, yo, I want to make a Valentine's Day gift for CJ, and it's this, and would you record it? And he's like, hell yeah. I was like, it is on. And I'm like in traffic on La Brea, and I start like learning it, and I'm pretty bad, you know. It was like really bad. <laughs> but I eventually, I got it. I started to get it, um, and I couldn't find the instrumental. Me, it, it's The song is called, for any uh, anybody who's listening who's like a hip-hop head, the song is called um, Go to Sleep by the Swollen Members, and uh, it has... That's a really funny band name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, <laughs> well, I I write to them and mean you know not being involved in. Well, the this world. has a lot of views. This is I found it. I think is that is that's, that yeah, that's is it one. okay if we play a little bit of it? Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
Yo, it took five minutes, now I call you baby Both fucked up, but we still go crazy Got a little baggage, so our love's like maybe Sammy D's asking if we're misbehaving You seem like you've got a couple screws loose too We just met and I'm afraid one day I might lose you Something's cornered in my head, like what am I gonna do? This is wrong, but if you want me, you know I'll come through Often you walk in the flannel that you're rocking See dollar signs in your eyes when you're talking But I know there's another side Face me, embrace me, I need you I need to feed till I breathe you And you know soon we're both gonna have to make a decision Feel bad she's gotta go when she's taking your living Till then, just promise me that you won't die I'll meet you in your dreams First we'll talk to your so phone that is Awesome, and by the way, Allison is like walking on a palm uh, like a Palm Street, very LA in Los Feliz outside, <laughs> and uh, is incredibly alluring and captivating on camera. I could play the whole thing, so go watch it on YouTube. And, and you think this one like kind of hit and went viral a bit because people know that song, or well, what's special about this is that I couldn't find the like the like legit instrumental, and like I emailed the producer and everything. I was like, "Yo, I need this instrumental. I'm trying to make like a romantic Valentine's Day." <laughs> um, like no answer. I mean, I'm sure he had something better to do than I don't know, whatever. But so I I email my sister, which is like amazing, because uh, she's like a year and a half older than me. We like grew up fighting with each other, like like at each other's door. But now she's like getting her PhD in like composition and like in, in like noise music oh, in cool. London. She's insane. Um, and I, I hit her up and just randomly, like, I had never collaborated with her on music because I had never done music, but I was like, I need an instrumental for the song. I'm making a gift for a person. Can you please? And, like, the next day, she sent me that beat that I'm rapping over in that. And so at the very end of it, there's a pocket of eight bars that's open. And, like, the structure of the song and, like, had I co- and how I covered all the lyrics in it, I didn't, like, nothing went there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's there's extra space here. I could write my own rap. I was like, all right, well, let's do it. That's awesome. Bonus verse on this track, Eating Goya's got my bet. And it's like the lamest thing ever. But it happened and it worked and um, I posted that for Valentine's Day, on Valentine's Day. And then immediately a friend of mine like sent it to a friend and he was like, you need to come screen this at my art thing at O'Brien's like on like the first Monday of that month. Like It was like April of 2012. And I was like, I'm not going to screen it. Um, but I, I mean, like that would be really lame. It's like not the last video, but like <laughs> I'll play it. I mean, give me a thirty-minute set, and they're like, and he's like, okay. And I was like, like I don't have thirty minutes of music. I don't have any music at oh all. I have about five minutes of music. Um, so I started to write, and immediately, um, I got through these these first five songs, and I had a a set. And I went and I played my first show and I had my best friend make me like a necklace. It was a live bullet, like a real bullet. And I had her like, and I was like, it's, and I got this Muhammad Ali hat. Oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> and I went awesome. and oh my played God. the show. And literally everybody I knew came to see like this train wreck <gasps> wow. about to occur. <laughs> like all, like people I had worked with, they're just like, what the fuck? You rap? Really? <laughs> You're going to do this right now? <laughs> and, uh, and it went really well. And then the place invited me back like month after month after month. Oh, that's so cool. And then, in, like, six months later or so, I met my OG, who is the person who I'm touring and opening with right now. So I know you had, like, a whole other career before you took on this rap stuff. So when was, like, the step that you were like, I'm going all in, I'm going all in on on rap? <laughs> you know, it it's that's an interesting question. I, like, I started, you know, when I started making the rap the rap music, <laughs> when I started the doing music. these raps of mine, uh, was, like... Um, I was working on a TV or on a on a feature film with Walter Hill. I was like his assistant on that project, and that job 
finished. And as you know, when the job finishes, you kind of get laid off because the there's no job. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no more movie to pay you. So um, the glamour of entertainment, everyone. <laughs> so I had this like this like kind of long period of like a year and a half of unemployment, which I was getting paid, which was dope. And I discovered this like little weird thing inside of me. And I also learned that hip hop, if you wanted to do that, it was gonna be a lifestyle. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's scary. I don't want to do that. But then I ended up doing it. It was fucking amazing. What do you mean by by it's a lifestyle? It's like it's your life. Yeah, it, it's your, your life. You know, it's it's kind of like if you want to live in L.A., mm-hmm. you kind of got to be among L.A. people. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just get to keep living back. Home. You know, I don't know. That's a really dumb analogy, but no, no, no it so is because L.A. is a very consuming it, city. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not easy to live here. You have to be committed and want to be here and pursuing your art. So I, I think I actually think that's a great analogy. Like. Screenwriting is an all-consuming process. Like Definitely. you got to be all in if you want to succeed. And I'm sure music. I mean, I know music is the same way. So take <laughs> us. So that was you said 2012 was like when you discovered it, and it's 2017, mm-hmm. and you just got back from this crazy bus tour. This little tour, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so take us to that point. That those five years. So like okay, so like in my first six months of um of rapping like in 2016 then I met I went to this show uh Prevail who was of the Swollen Members was playing like a show Mm -hmm. in on Sunset somewhere so I go to that show and I'm like the woo girl in the front I'm like "Ah!" (laughs) I like the woo girl like cause you know this is the the artist that I covered and I didn't know anything about anything and anyone anything at all yeah I had nothing (laughs) but I go and I met um some guys there really cool uh really cool dudes who were uh, doing camera stuff, and they asked me to come and shoot this King T show like the following week. Um, Jake Happily, shout out to Jake. Sup, dude? Hey, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and when I was at that show, the King T show, there was like nobody there. Um, but he comes up to me and he walks right by me and he goes, "That's Abstract Rude over there." And I had been like listening to Abstract Rude, and I was like, "Damn, like this dude is a fucking." poet like (laughs) is the fucking real deal like I can listen to my language like what and so I uh I walked up to him and like and camera I'm just like I'm a big fan of yours sir and he's like you're a big fan of mine he's like you want to come shoot my show this weekend and I was like oh shit what am I doing this weekend and then like my friend walks by me again and he goes the answer is always yeah I was like yes yes I would uh, like to shoot your show this weekend and then I went and he had a battle so and that battle he I, he was like, "Is there any other ladies want to get in this battle?" And I was like, e- e- "I mean, yeah, I want to get in it." I'm gonna pause you real quick yep. for those like me mm-hmm. who have no idea what these words mean. Okay. <laughs> so is this like a show, or does it happen at at a and where party? does one where does one find a rap battle? <laughs> I feel like I'm your your mom right now. <laughs> like, where uh, where do you and these kids hang out? <laughs> well, so so Abstract Rude is like an underground MC. He's been around for gajillions of years, mm-hmm. um, and he does these uh, sixteen bar rap competitions. They're written battles, and if you you know follow him and the flow and tell movement and the keep the feel movement and just that kind of those that mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. it's its own movement. Um, and so he has these different battles, and th- that was how I got in like I discovered and I got in the battle and I, I kind of killed it on the first verse and then I kind of like derailed on the second oh, verse shit. I was really scared but like that caused him to kind of notice me and so later on I did my raps for him and ever since then we had been like he's he started inviting me to stuff and I just said yes to everything I was like yes I'll go like yes I'll drive like yes I'll do whatever like yeah. yes I'll smoke the weed okay fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm need to do, I'll do it and then um and then I got a job uh well we st- oh, hang on that didn't happen yet we started 
we started touring by August. Of you and Abstract Rude. Yes. Did. Cool. Wow. Wow. It was August. No, it was October. October. We started touring like October 31st. I got to have a bit of reference because now I'm fascinated with him. Mm -hmm. So is it okay if we pause and I play a clip? And what would you recommend I play of Abstract Rude? Oh, you know, whatever's there. Whatever's there. Okay, I'll play play the top one. I catch little sleep at night, wake up the next and keep it moving. Context, don't take me out. This raw fusion is climax. High friction on best tax and techniques. Making my money with less tax and prestige. Long as I'm clocking my craft cheese. Calling the cops and I have to leave. I'm either very smart or incredibly stupid. Ahead of my time, I'm locked in the room with a view of the walls. Ironclad, my rhyme is a firing squad. Watching them fall and grabbing my bowling balls. Holding them all accountable with a mountain of evidence. You're under the table, dead presidents. Wouldn't let you walk from the case on a hung jury. A lifetime ban from the mic if you come near me. He's amazing. And I think that opened with seeing some footage of people uh, at a battle. And this track is Abstract Root and Tribe Unique. Stop fighting. Awesome. (laughs) So So you were just chilling with this guy. Uh, going well, around with them. Wait, well, I started to, yeah, we started to, you know, hang and like, awesome. I, I don't, I didn't know what was happening really. Like, was I being adopted into the, into like this, you know, fringe? I didn't know what was going on, but it happened. Like, um, he put me on a track. It's called Red Eye Flight with uh, Lady Socrates that he had just like talked to her about it. And then they added me onto it and became like, now we have a track that we can perform together, which is really pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, time went on we I started recording music videos for him and like doing uh for different people in our in our crew and around and everything um so we started doing tours and then eventually I got a job mm-hmm. a day another day job, day job. And the, dun, dun, dun. the unemployment <laughs> the unemployment ran out Ugh. the same day I got my first paycheck which was pretty perfect yeah and, oh uh, shit good yeah insane um but then I like uh worked that job for like two and a half years it took me out of town for a while which is where I made the album Mm -hmm. uh, Cloud Nine and now so that brings us into like last year and this is when you and I connected because you told me you were just leaving a job yeah Yeah. I was like I don't know I just I grew out of it It, the job was great you Mm -hmm. know the my boss was great everything Mm -hmm. was great great, great, great. I had like um, infinite opportunities and we sold an option to HBO for a, a show that I wow. collaborated with him That's on. Wild. And I got a little cut of that Hell chunk. Hell yeah, yes. you did. And I bought a bus. Yeah. <laughs> I bought amazing. this little bus. And then. Um, and your bus has a name, right? Uh, Connie Francis is cool. her name. It's funny because when, when I told my, my boss about the bus, he was like, you bought a fucking bus. And then he's like, <laughs> dude, like. You gotta, you gotta start finding a replacement. Like you need to go do that. Yeah. Like, you just can't do this anymore. Like it's not working. Like yeah, you gotta yeah. go do that. Like yeah. only that, and just like focus on that. And yeah. I'm like, All right. I'm not gonna fight you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. So you then set up a tour for yourself, and you took up residence in Connie Francis. Um. Well, I don't like live in the bus, but I, I, I did move out of my apartment. Um, so that I could afford a life at all. Yeah. yeah. You know, I got those loans, bills, and oh, shit. Oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Us too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I like, and it's amazing how not having t- an apartment to pay for, like, really, yeah. you know, fixes. It does. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Maybe all by a bus. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, live in it. It's, like, not the most, you know, livable type yeah. of situation. Because it actually is, like, it's got 
seats in it. it looks, oh! looks like a little school bus. Yeah. yeah. And oh um, it gets really hot in certain weather yeah. know, in the mornings and, and such. So I try to stay in hotels or, like, with friends and things, you mm -hmm. know, when I'm on the road. But um, but the bus is so cozy. And when I had Tuna with me for the tour and the trip and everything, like, I had a bed in there for her. And, like, we all – and it's, like, a green room. So, like, behind the scenes you can go smoke or, like, do whatever you want to do. Talk to people. Like, yeah. have a hangout. Tell stories about other shit that's happened in the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Create new stories in the bus. Yeah. Um, think of ways that you could use the bus to kill people. <laughs> that's great. That seems really <laughs> Without running them over. Yeah. 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 And how many people went? Did you need to like make the to facilitate this tour? Like, how many people were touring with you? Um, well, this tour was this past one that I just did was like it's kind of scattered. It was weird. Um, it was like after I got the bus, like we went first. We went to Burning Man, and then we went, and that was like its own whole trip. And then I went on a little tour. I think mm, once or maybe twice. I don't remember. But anyway, I did all these like different little trips with the bus but this tour was like different mm -hmm. um in december i didn't have a tour booked like i didn't have like yeah <laughs> i didn't have like cities and shows like i didn't know how to do it yeah I'm just, just i'm new like <laughs> <laughs> usually like on all the tours i've been on over the years like i'm i'm like because i'm a photographer because i'm there and whatever like i'm opening for ab and i'm working my ass off the whole time probably driving whatever it is now that I have the bus, I'm just like, that's just, like, relieving me from having to, like, rent a van, you know, yeah. in my name or whatever, which sucks. Yeah. Um, but the bus is amazing. It's, like, a first-class ride. So, like, I decided that I wanted to go um, to the – I wanted to make it my New Year's thing. Like, I want to just play a show on the East Coast. Like, mm -hmm. a show. I don't even care. Like, I just want to expand. Like, I don't want to be stuck here. Right. And I want to prove to myself that I'm not stuck anywhere under any, like, anything at all. So um, I found an old friend from Miami invited me to come play a show in North Carolina that night uh, for New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. So I started the trip, like, drove from L.A. all the way across. We stopped in El Paso. I met with uh, DJ Bless in El Paso, and we and I forced him, like, almost at gunpoint. I was like, yo, we're making a, a beat right now. <laughs> and we made this song. It's a really amazing song um, that I have not dropped yet, but... It's pretty great, uh, and we and then I and then we moved on from there, and we went to Miami. We got to my parents' house for my dad's birthday, which is December twenty eighth, within a half an hour of his surprise party. <gasps> Ooh, Look at that! It was pretty perfect cross country uh, time travel. <laughs> <laughs> and then we made it to North Carolina for the New Year's party. Killed it. It went great. And then I stayed there. I mm -hmm. stayed there. I was like, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like see what I can do here, over here, because there. And then there was like this Florida uh, tour. That was just, like, a couple weeks later mm -hmm. in January. Then I went back to North Carolina. I stayed there for a little bit longer. And then when I left, um, I was on my way to South by Southwest. And so I came out to South by Southwest, met up with my crew who came from L.A. And then we just started to mob around, and I would, like, follow them in the bus. And I had this one day where we were driving from, I think it was, like, from Austin. After we finished, we played, like, four shows at South by Southwest. And we were leaving there. And I'm in the bus by myself, and the guys are all in their van, and we're driving to, like, Cyprus, Texas. We're, like, I don't know, an hour and a half away or something. Mm -hmm. uh, or, wait, no. It's, like, four hours. Wherever we went was, like, four, three or four hours away. And uh, on this drive, they m would move much quicker than me because the bus is, like, slow, <laughs> a slow mover. But I was, like, I was driving, and I would like, I was listening to music and just thinking to myself in this doubt. The doubt sinks in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're just, like, what the? 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Am I really driving on this bus right now in the middle of Texas <laughs> trying to be a rapper? Like, God, my, like, my skin is burning up in the sun. This shit's overheating. It's going to break down. I got this poor dog with me. Like, man, <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? And then I look over, and I would see, like, the in the passenger seat of the car next to me, like, the girlfriend of the whatever guy I was driving, and I'm like, at least I'm nobody's passenger. Yeah, <laughs> at least I'm not a fucking passenger. And then like that. Yeah. And then I was like in a loop. Like I kept having mm-hmm. the same thought process, and like, like, oh, what am I doing? And I look, like the girl again. I'm like, that's the girl again. Okay. <laughs> so then it happened again. I'm like, man, what am I doing? And I look over. And the ro- the window rolls down and it's Abby and he's just like hey <laughs> and it's like my my tour mates are yeah. like in their van like and it's three hours like I don't know why we were passing each other but they like <laughs> they're like hey what's up and I'm like oh my god this is insane like obviously I'm doing the right thing yeah <laughs> I love what you just said about you're not a passenger. passenger that's amazing it's awesome and and that's like such an interesting point like do you see other female MCs slash rappers at all when you are doing these shows or is it like super rare to see another lady doing what you're doing oh man it's so awesome when you do like oh it's so cool because like you'll go to other cities so when we were in Orlando which we're in Orlando and there are hella chicks and they kill it like this girl E-Turn and um, they're really amazing these girls are like so super talented Mm -hmm. so like when you see that it's like really inspiring like damn like am I killing it really like I can't remember (laughs) so it's kind of like pockets in different cities and other cities are more male or is it everybody everywhere now at this point um I think you'll definitely see it more like from certain people so they're going to be people who put people on so when I first met Abstract Road, he was doing, he was like really like loving that he was finding all these female MCs and he put together like a whole show, Flow and Tell, um, like an all ladies lineup. Oh, cool. cool. There are so many talented uh, female MCs out here, just out here alone. And so that sometimes you have like one person who is like a promoter and who's like curating that event. And that's mm-hmm. a pretty dope thing. Yeah. Um, but but definitely not in every city. A lot of cities, most places are male-dominated. Yeah. And yeah. most people don't think I'm even going to take the microphone at all, especially if, if you see me holding a camera. Most people are like, oh, I didn't know what to expect. But, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I do hope that someday I'll be able to put it down, like the camera, and, like, just chill. Yeah. And, you know, be part of that scene and whatever. But... But right now, that is how I'm part of the scene, you know? Right, yeah. Like, so are you also partially making your living by still shooting for people? Yes. Got it, got that, it. It's actually, it's actually kind of um, kind of supplementing me right now. Since, yeah. Because I haven't been working. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Which yeah. is insane. <gasps> like, I, you know, that's just a leap of faith. But, I, but right before I took the leap of faith, which was like June, July, right, I was like, okay, I, you cannot, you don't know what, like, eagle's going to swoop down and save you un- until you're jumping between the two cliffs and about to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could even, like, miss and go down and still get swooped <laughs> yeah. and saved. And, like, you, you, you just, you don't know the swoop saved. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Um, and you have to take a risk. And not that I was expecting a swoop save or anything, but there was a time, there was a moment in, like, you know, the end of January where I was like, fuck, I am so broke. <laughs> shit and then I was like okay I've got this video I, can, I all I have to do is edit it and then like deliver it and then I get that money okay and then I have this video same amount perfect okay then I have like now I gotta go do this shoot and it's just like making the 
the time to go do that work. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is so much hustle. It's a hustle. It really yeah. is a hustle. And that was what I was, I guess, you know, I was able to be lazy before when I had a paycheck and sure. like, yeah. put yeah. people off and be like, ah, it's not a priority. Right yeah. yeah. But like, I love the work that I do. And, you know, in video, in video, in the world of video, it's not like the super most pro, but I also think it's like, it's got its own voice to be, um, there is no budget, there is no like favor crew, like I'm not using anybody or exploiting anybody mm-hmm. or like, or anything, because the thing is like, I've done so many of them, that mm-hmm. it's just like, you just can't, you just can't anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. Um, I'm a very like solo artist. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's so huge to just be driving around by yourself with your dog. Yeah. I mean, that's that's incredible to me. What 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 is it? I mean, you you touched a little bit on the moments of feeling like what the fuck am I doing? But um what's that journey like for you on the road? That road that road hustle? Is there a thrill in it? Is are you? Do you get nervous? It was like its own its own type of relaxation. Hmm. <laughs> My best friend and I were like sharing videos today that we took of our of the road trip, mm-hmm. like uh, when we were driving together, and they're just like road videos. And I was like, yeah, it's like kind of peaceful. It's like having like rain sound, like you know the rain sound effect mm-hmm. that makes you go to sleep or whatever. It's like the sound yeah. of the road with no music playing, like. <laughs> it's like the diesel engine like <laughs> um, no it's like really peaceful like six hour drive man the shit you can think about and I'd be yeah. like I would know what kind of a day I was about to have just knowing I was about to sit there for all that time cause like fuck being in pain and complaining about it and rushing first of all bus don't rush first of all <laughs> you'll break it if you do that Yeah. so I have to go like hella slow that's like a lesson in itself indeed that you, yeah. you were you just had to go at the pace the bus would let you go you had, you had to like give over to that bus is a human well with a name like Connie I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah no like we would, I would go uh, let's see the first time we left, I remember we went to Burning Man with the bus, and I was I was getting out, and I'm like, guys, I really don't want to drive at night. I can't see very well at night. I really prefer not to drive at night. If we could just, like, keep it at the day drive, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And then, like, everybody was, like, super late that day. Everybody took millions of years to do everything, and we didn't <laughs> end up leaving until late at night. Oh, God. Two hours into our drive, the headlights go out. Oh. And I'm like... Welp, I guess we're sleeping on this side of the road here in Bakersfield Highway because uh, we can't go anywhere without light. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. just can't. And, yeah. <laughs> and that was a special trip getting home because we ended up having to drive during the dark. And I like, this is the whole story. We like took, I, I went through the line at Burning Man and collected from everybody. I was like, do you have any extra LED lights or any flashlights or anything? And I collected tons of LED lights. Spread them around on top of my and tape them in place on top of my headlights. No, you <laughs> did not. I just needed to fool the cops. That's all I needed Holy to not get pulled shit. over. That's all. That's it. That's I, hysterical. I had like two little flashlights and I taped them on the outside of the book. And that was like the only actual like those LEDs are not bright. They looked like they were like yeah. light, but, yeah. but they don't but compare barely. to the headlights. But I was like, oh my God, I can't yeah. see. Oh Everybody's God. gonna die! Oh my God! Jesus, oh, that's amazing, though. That's special. <laughs> Do you have a song for your album? Because I would love to keep exposing people to be squid music. Incredible music. music. Uh, Do you have a song from the album that you either like open that you like love to open with, or like particularly makes you think of the road? Ooh, a road song. Mm, I. Mm, are you hooked up on an auxiliary there? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Well, yeah, if you've got something on yours that I don't have, let me know. I got this really cool song that I made on the road that would be kind of <gasps> yeah! special to yeah. um, Let's play it. was a romantic journey uh, to go see yeah. meet up with somebody on the other side of the country and I was just like well we're not talking but like it's gonna like I need to I need to like say something um, okay. I mean how do you how do you even attempt relationships with your current lifestyle or is that part of the point that you're trying to be free at the moment well it's I mean I wasn't you know I wasn't trying to be free I was trying to couple up you know I wanted I wanted to be in a relationship um, because I believe it's possible, and I also believe that it's possible to find exactly what's right for you. So, like, someone who embraces this journey, either not, I don't need somebody who wants to join it and be on it, but at least is supportive and cares and, like, Mm -hmm. loves me through it and isn't going to reject me Mm -hmm. um, or make me feel like, I'm not enough or there's something else they have to go pursue while I'm away or anything like that. Like, I think that's, like, all bullshit, you know? I'm not into open relationships. I'm not into, you know... I'm also, like... I also... I guess I'm in a place where I don't really understand monogamy anymore because I don't know if it's possible, though I believe it, and I trust... And I... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not... I mean, even if you live in one place, it's hard to make things work or understand what is or what is a relationship in the year we always keep referencing the year it is like weirdos in the year 2017 but like technology and the state of the world and like 
you know, having a family and all those things feel different. Even than a year ago, <laughs> they feel different. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. You, you sent us this amazing list because we always <laughs> like to like ask guests like, if you want to talk about anything in particular, let us know. And you sent us this amazing list yeah. of Ocean all of these like <laughs> these great thoughts. And on one of them, it was um, the fact that I've decided recently to never marry. Yeah. I made that decision this year because I guess I always thought that that was like part of the, you know, natural order of things. And then I realized uh, that I don't want to, I don't, first of all, I don't want to like, permanently lock anybody into a life with me, let alone lock myself into a life with them. So is is Cloud9 sort of a meditation on that whole relationship? It's every relationship. Like, the more I listen to it, the more it's just like it's the cycle of my life over mm. and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And it's a yeah. beautiful thing. I loved how you guys used sunglasses in that episode because it was like the most, I'm like, God damn it, they nailed it. Oh, yeah, it's in the most destructive part. <laughs> which is based off my relationship with my ex. It's just this, like, really, like, tragic, like, morning after, like, you're driving home from dude's place, and you're just like, oh, God, last night's makeup, I don't have, like, my Adderall today, I don't know what to do with myself, and it sucks. Like, <laughs> you gotta keep going. It's very, it's a very woman-less song. It's a very yeah. woman-less song. about all the things you needed but you didn't need (laughs) (laughs) it's so perfect for I mean I just I just really feel like binge would not have been what it was without your music you like gave the project so much texture and depth like your music just has so it's it has so much comedy and pain and strength in it you know, I it's insane. It's insane to me that like of all the possible pairings with like, you know, 
Cloud9 and anything in the world, mm -hmm. that it ended up being, you know, you. Yeah. <laughs> Guy, you beautiful ladies. Uh, <laughs> and this, uh, I was only the connection thread. <laughs> but that's a that's a very important thread. It's Sometimes just, it's a very important thread. And I was just like, man, I had this. I had I, like immediately. I was like, damn, it's about bulimia. I was like, like that is like uh, once again story of my life. You know, At eleven to sixteen. I was just. I was like, you know, that was mm -hmm. what that was what my whole existence was binging and purging and obsessing about food and all of the different obsession that came with that and mm -hmm. all these years of like trying to overcome it and work my way out of it and everything and then like I guess in the past few years I've had almost an insecurity about how long it's been since I've been in that rut the first two words on the album are sweet lover I mean come on yeah it's that's sweet pretty like it's like it's real it's like India <laughs> It's exactly, yeah. you know, but, um, but yeah, it, it made me cry a lot. And the first time I saw the episode, I was laughing so hard and I was like, and it was like, I had never heard the songs interpreted that way. Mm -hmm. And like, I was kind of also in a place where I was thinking about music videos a lot. And yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like what kind of a story or like a thing or like what's different or like, you mm -hmm. know, how would so many other artists like interpret this thing or, you know, cause you see music videos and a lot of times like they're not the same, you know, they're not, I don't, they don't need to be exactly that specific to the right. lyrics, yeah. you know? Right. Like, you could make it that way, but I guess, I suppose, but it wouldn't have, anyway, <laughs> to take it on a totally different, like, topic, like, thread mm -hmm. to bring, to bring an eating disorder into it, it's almost like, it's so rich, it's so deep, it's so far back in the, in the history of, you know, what I'm made of, mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess I was just really grateful for like the experience of seeing these these two. I feel like you're made to write songs to visuals because you have such an amazing visual background. Yeah, too. they just want they yeah. just want and like I just feel like they're so Yeah. There's so much life in them. Yeah. But that it could be a way to make you full time MC is we if we can just place your music and see yeah. your films. Yeah, so you can get a big fat paycheck yeah. and then if you're listening world, that's why we're playing so many B Squid songs. <laughs> so you can pay put it in a commercial, pay the big bucks. Your sister's in music as well. What are your parents like? what do they think of, of this life? This oh, man. crazy vagabond <laughs> life you're living. Man, they just don't support us. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So my mom and dad are the greatest people in the world. Oh, my, yay. My dad is a piano technician. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Um, cool. He tunes, rebuilds, revoices, and he's like the best. He does it all by ear. And he's in Miami. Uh, he's always had his own business. And that's why we moved around so much because we were following his job. So we were like, oh, you an army brat? No, it's a piano brat. Piano brat. <laughs> <laughs> and so my big sister was the piano player. She would sit on the piano. And since we were like a year and a half apart, it was like, I wasn't allowed near the piano unless uh, I was just sitting there singing for her. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. it was, and it wasn't like singing. It was like she would play a song and I would like, I don't know, pretend I was a cat and you know, living room or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. <laughs> um, but my mom is an accountant. She's, um, but she's so driven and amazing. Like she does gajillion. She's done three Ironman races. What? Three of them. And like marathon, like she travels to marathon. So it's, it's pretty cool. 
but between the two of them, like I went home for Christmas this year and I was just like, Mom, I don't know what to do. I don't have any money. Like, how am I going to live? She's like, you could get a job, honey. I was like, I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I was like, I just like think about it. I can't do it. Like, what, like, what do you mean I should get a job? Like, I, I've been working since I was like, 16 you know and i'm that girl i'm the one who like gives everything to my job i'm the person who like starts working at the ice cream store and then the ice cream store is like we also need you to make our commercials and like be our you know what i mean like yeah. do our website and do it like you know it's like everything like you end up because i put all of my time and, and everything into what i'm doing mm-hmm. and that's when i realized you know with my my just recent former job that i just left mm-hmm. that it was like it was so like I found somebody who was like milking that side of me that side of me that was like take you know like I will take everything every piece of you know your talent that I can get I'm it's mine and and he was very smart to do it he was very smart to do it but eventually like you know I just realized that I could be doing it for myself yeah Yeah. Um, at least he got Connie Francis out of it Connie Francis (laughs) she's the best Um, oh by the way that song I played you uh, just now, I will wait forever. Is a mm-hmm. cover song of a uh, the the cover the hook yeah is by Connie Francis. Oh, she's awesome. an old singer and yeah. is oh that's it takes forever. Yeah, that's anyway. amazing. And then I wrote the rap to go over and we did over like like drum and bass beat. Awesome. So, so cool. while you're here in LA, are you doing shows? Like where where are your upcoming shows? My upco- my next show is in San Francisco. Cool. We're doing a little 420 run. We're going to San Francisco on 420, and then uh, we're going to go to Grants Pass, Oregon, and also Mount Shasta, California. And I don't believe we're doing it in that order. I think we're doing Mount Shasta, California, and then Grants Pass. And it's going to be a really great little uh, three-dayer. And then I, we might shoot a music video while we're out there. Cool. Um, and then I'll be back in L.A. And then I think we're going to set up another tour Oh, maybe I haven't thought about it yet. Uh, but um, shows in LA. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good point. I haven't even thrown a party yet for the Cloud Nine release because it's just been like, you know, you just go, just keep going, just go, go, go. You know. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I was thinking about you know starting to look around at places to throw that party and like do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just at this point it's like if I book something here. I won't be available to be out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You're feeling, you're feeling, <laughs> no, that's good. You're feeling drawn to the road. Right. That's cool. It yeah. is cool. It is very cool. It's like a, it's its own addiction. Yeah. 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 It's like, and it's cool because, um, you know, with the, with the food thing, <laughs> I definitely do, uh, I definitely do use food still all the time mm-hmm. as a thing that, um, and I realized, you know, for a little while, it was actually probably like a year ago that I really, like, I really got into this with myself. I was like, man, like, I am answering the stress by eating. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is an obsession. What am I obsessing over? And then I would like, by like the very moment I was in the kitchen, I'd be like, hold up. This is like self-work I get to go do now. Okay. Don't <laughs> eat. Just chill and think about what's really going on. And so I would, I would. But it's crazy because when you're on the road, like, I have a rule while I'm traveling, which is I never eat 
out of a gas station. Mm-hmm. Meaning, oh, that's so nice to, to give yourself that gift. It's like, yeah, it's a gift, <gasps> exactly. Because otherwise, it's like every single time you stop, you're telling yourself, oh, I need like a snack, or yeah, when am I gonna yeah. eat again? Or like, oh God, there's never gonna be another restaurant. And you just end up like filling yourself with shit. And yeah, psh, and then you like, feel like shit. And it's a huge waste of money. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool though that you've gotten to a, a place in your recovery that that you can like stop yourself and say, hey, what's actually going on here? Because I think that for me, like that was the most difficult place to get to that, like that to be able to like press pause. And I know that for me, like, like any sort of traveling to be on set or whatnot, like when I was in my eating disorder, it was almost impossible. Like that was my entire life. And so like, I imagine that if you hadn't found a place of recovery, this tour that you were doing might be a a totally different situation for you. When I was a teenager, I I was in AA. Oh, really? I got into AA when I was like 15. Wow. I got caught with cocaine at school, on school property. It was like... I was in 10th grade. It was during that anthrax scare of all times. Oh, my God. Oh, I remember I'm that. also from South Florida, and let me say, drugs are plentiful. <laughs> plentiful. <laughs> yeah. You're right there. They're bringing them from Cuba. They're bringing them from all over. I don't know. if It's like they're the coast. They just bring them. Everywhere. everywhere. Look. And it's strong, <laughs> and it's good stuff. And it was like, I like left my wallet in the bathroom one day, and these, um, I guess, cheerleaders found it and turned it in. I got in huge trouble. Ugh, huge trouble. Probation and the whole thing. So I ended up having to start going to meetings. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person that I just dive in. Like, oh, yeah. so time for me to start recovery? All right, let's, let's do, it. do it. Let's <laughs> fucking do it head first. Like, I was diving in head first to this drug thing. Now yeah. I'll do it with this recovery thing. So I attacked, you know, the alcohol and the drugs and everything that I was doing. Mm-hmm. But the the further I got into that, I realized that, you know, what they would say is that, like, it's all symptoms of the same bigger problem. And I realized that, like, my eating disorder was, like, flaring up hella at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. I was like, shit, okay. I got to – and I had already been to my, intre- my inpatient treatment. I did, like, inpatient treatment. I didn't know you did inpatient. It was at the Renfrew Center in, uh-huh. in Coconut Creek, Florida. I did, like, a week there, which mm-hmm. is a shorter stint than yeah. most. But they kicked me out because insurance was like, you're not life-threateningly ill. Like, get out. <laughs> like, wow. we're not saying that. That's but, the worst. But that's still – that's it was six days, actually, I was there. And then they gave me outpatient. And that six days gave me a lot of insight to, like, what I was really dealing with in myself. Mm-hmm. Um but it was AA. It was really AA. And when I was in AA, I was like, I had a sponsor, and she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And she helped me work my 12 steps toward my uh, alcoholism or whatever. <laughs> my, you know, drug addiction, whatever it was. And then I was just like, oh, man, and this thing about bulimia? And she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'd be like, yeah, but, I mean, it's real. And I, I would work all my steps toward that. Yeah. Like, toward the eating disorder without, like, and just, like, right over her head, too. Mm-hmm. Like, she was just like, I okay okay whatever you say if you think that's working for you go for it and I'm like man you're like opening my mind (laughs) and it was so amazing so like if 12 steps of AA and eating disorder go together they do 100% yeah everything is the same thing yeah it really is it really really is but um so like I don't think I've really like I have had you know I wouldn't say a relapse, like mm-hmm. relapses, mm-hmm. you know, but I have had hard times. Like, 
And I, I know it's no answer, but like, you know, once in a while when you just like eat way too much yeah. by accident. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, I guess I better go puke this up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I mean, like, I'm not perfect. Right. Nobody is. Um, but it's life and you, you know, you deal with it and you try and just try to keep that obsession low. Mm -hmm. And if you can keep the obsession side of it down, then you're not binging and then you don't, oh man, it's not that easy, but it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I think you're right in that you keep, you keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I've been talking to a lot of people about eating disorders lately, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, a theme I've heard is that like, if you can like, refocus your eating disorder and I'm sure this is true with any addiction into like your creative work or something that you want to get done it becomes like your superpower ah which I think is really cool yeah like leaning into the gravity yeah yeah, yeah. which I can see like in you and yeah, your willingness your to be like can I play a 30 minute set and you <laughs> had like no music I mean that's insane but it's it's really cool it's so inspiring yeah like, I think I'm good at this thing just uh I'll I'll make it work it's like a, yeah it's awesome yeah I mean have beats level. or anything it's awesome that's some sister shit coming through though that's some sister shit coming through but <laughs> yeah you gotta lean into that gravity but but then what about you I mean like you uh, like first of all I if I may <laughs> Ask a question. Yeah, please. I like. I wonder constantly. I'm like, I don't know how um, active, you know, like your eating disorder is or, or anything. Yeah. But I I do wonder what releasing a project like this has made. Like how yeah. how this has brought like the like the winds of of it back to you. And like if you were ready for that, and if you were like, oh shit, what have I done to myself? Or if it has triggered you and made things worse, mm-hmm. or if, you know, like any of that. <laughs> it's a good question because, like, so I went to treatment here in Pasadena like four years ago, um, and I did a PHP. So I did like six days a week, seven hours a day for like four months, um, and you know, I mean, you know, it was my life for like a really long time. But something switched in my brain like two years into recovery, where it just occupied so much less of my brain space and it feels like a totally different person. Like, I feel like when you said, like, if someone came to me for help, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just stop. And I just, and I I feel that sometimes. Like, I feel like, like, my brain is different. Like, I feel like that was a different person. And I can understand her. And I still, like, feel triggered sometimes. But it, like, feels like a very different part of my life. And I just wanted to, like, write something to act in. And it just kind of happened. And because I think... As a sweeping statement, bulimics tend to be impulsive and really driven. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like you. So it hasn't been triggering, but it has been weird to, like, revisit Mm -hmm. that really, like, painful and chaotic time. Um, And it's also interesting to, like, kind of accidentally be, like, a a really, really small-scale spokesperson Mm -hmm. in a way. The voice of that. The voice of that has been kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> but like, and and at the same time, you come at it with like a balanced enough perspective mm-hmm. of like you like you're not sense like so sensitive that anything is gonna like fuck you up, right? Like, like you're, I, yeah, you're not gonna like end up, you know, 
getting triggered. Like some of the viewers who watch this could be triggered yeah, by it, absolutely. and and like real shit could happen. But whereas, like you know, that real shit has already happened for someone like you or me. And yeah, like, you know, now yeah. you're kind of like past it, mm-hmm. and it's actually I think something inspiring because I think you know someone could see that there's a like when I was young and going to eating disorder clinics I would be like how are you like the women who were like the counselors and stuff would be like I had an eating disorder when I was your age too young woman yeah and I'd be like how did you make it out I know (laughs) it seems impossible when you're are you okay now (laughs) like you don't care what you eat like you just you just you just you just wake up in the middle of the night and you eat and it doesn't matter and you're just hungry. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, there's we outgrow things with all the right self work. Yeah. We do. We yeah. do. I think we do. Yeah. And if, find your. I'm I'm especially grateful Angela's found her passions so that we can work on them together. Yeah, channel that you shit. And then you've channeled your shit into and start amazing rapping. music. Take yeah. your eating disorder and rap about it. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I just want to wrap it up a little bit and just say, you're so inspiring of just being like, I'm going to do this. I First know, of you're all, so brave. Give God, me 30 minutes. It. Give me a bus. <laughs> give me the road. Like, I'm so inspired by all those things. Do you have any advice for anybody that is feeling as a girl in a man's world, whether it be rap or music or film? You have so many different experiences. Oh, man. Photography, all those things. I feel like women are still the minority. So, I, I mean, you're especially now as rap. So if you want to hit that one the most. <laughs> Do I have some advice? <laughs> Do I? I mean, I might just. Okay, let's see if I can pull this off right now. <clears throat> to be a lady on the scene, you ain't got to be mean. But you got to have tough skin. Be chameleon and extreme. Why else the fuck we gonna bleed? Crying from the ovaries. We use our heat to freeze time. A lady brings the flame. A lady compliments the bling. What the fuck's a scene without a self-respecting queen? A flow that's never clean. The storm before serene. The holder of the magic beans. Promoter of the winged things. The threat to the machine. The boss is morphine. The OB in obscene. The break in man's routine. The one who uses Dramamine cause constantly she's dizzy from the rush of dopamine when she's busy getting busy yet yeah, a dreamer and achiever receiver of the prophets heater speaker for the weaker ones a feast for mind readers ever so distracting stripes and solids racking pleasant interaction leads to toxic shock reaction roses are red violets are blue regardless of weather regardless of feather birds always flute in spite of the weather inspired by Hugh mother earth created you I am woman, hear me roar. I'm not your fucking unicorn or the mother of your unborn. I am not an open door, not a traffic-friendly doormat. Just because I am a nurturer don't mean I don't explore. Reward, missing person 5-4. Blue eyes, blonde hair, hot core. You'd know where if you saw her, she's a runaway. Whatever she was chasing was a holiday of Sundays. Never lift a finger for the man. Not for pain, not for free, not for land, not for beats. If it wasn't truly me, I wouldn't move my lips to speak. Ugly duckling, a beautiful swan. I don't subscribe to fables that you live your life upon And I'm never wrong It's the power trip I'm on Cause we the earthly bodies through which moon produces song We repeat the wave that our planet's surfing on All of history that you perceive is from this breeding ground Heard it here first and welcome to <gasps> the glam bake shit <laughs> God, that's awesome That's awesome That's awesome Thanks so check out B-Squid. Check yes. out our site. Follow her on social so you can tell, follow tell her journey. Tell everyone where to buy your music yeah. because it's important to support. Put support, absolutely. Keep Connie Francis and B-Squid going. Yeah, keep us on the road, guys. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So 
My website is www.bsquidmusic.com. And from there, you can find links to it. The music is Cloud9 is the album on uh, iTunes, Spotify, I think like Amazon, whatever. Just Google B Squid Cloud9. And thanks for listening to Welcome to the Clam Make. Thank you. you. If you're listening, we hope you know how to find us, but we're on the Instagrams the most. Welcome to the Clam Bake. Yeah. Reach out if you have anything to tell us. To, to if say. you want to be on the cast. Yeah. Welcome to the Clam Bake. Welcome to the Clam Bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest. Just a couple of vaginas to